0: Hi, everyone. It is Sean from Between Two Ravens, a Norse mythology podcast with Sean and David. This week, I'm going to be doing a solo episode where I talk a bit about the kingdom of Wessex. Um, so more importantly, its supposed founder, the character of Cerdic. By the way, I do know that the pronunciation of Cerdic may be wrong, so I do apologize in advance. I have heard people say it's uh, Kurdic or Cerdic. One thing that I am confident about is that I am probably wrong. Um, so feel free to yell at me on social media, but I just have always gone with the name Chardic. Um, So I find this character very fascinating for a couple reasons. One, his supposed descendancy from the Norse god Odin, which is something consistent with, with all of the early Anglo-Saxon kings. That also, his kingdom, the Kingdom of Wessex, which could be looked at as a petty kingdom, eventually took over the whole of England, forming what we now know as the Kingdom of England in the year 927 CE the first king being Athelstan, um, the grandson of Alfred the Great, who I have discussed previously on this podcast. As the head of monarchies are passed down genetically through the ages, the current king of England, who is Charles III, can trace his lineage all the way down to this first king of England, Athelstan. And thus, the character of Cherdic and supposedly, according to the few old sources, including the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle, as I mentioned, Odin, so real quick, I am going to talk a bit about the history of the Kingdom of England. Note, um, and this is more so a disclaimer, as an American who has only been to England twice in his life, I understand that this, quote, history lesson is probably going to be the equivalent of what a six-year-old would actually learn who grew up in England. So I will not be doing this country's history justice so once the Kingdom of England started with Athelstan in the 920s, the House of Wessex controlled the kingdom up through the year 1066, when William the Conqueror invaded and took the throne from Normandy. He was actually the Duke of Normandy at that time. So I did want to make a quick note on how a house may change w- within the same kingdom. One, as we saw with William the Conqueror, by conquering it. With William the Conqueror, note that he was kin to the monarchy or the family of Wessex. He just happened to be from the House of Normandy. Um, But anyway, he had that claim to the title where he was able to take the throne and it was actually sanctioned by the Pope. Another time where a house could change within the same kingdom is when a queen dies. So the reason why this is, is that the house typically passes through the male line. And if you look at a character like Elizabeth I, who was the daughter of um, King Henry VIII, Once she died, um, the House of Tudor was no longer the kings of England. It actually transitioned over to the House of Stuart. Or when Queen Victoria died, when her son took over, his son actually took the uh, father's house. Um, And it's still going to be, I think it's still open as to whether or not King Charles is going to keep the House of Windsor or he's going to go with his father's house, which is Mount Batten. So, really quick, if you look at the houses that have been the head of state for the Kingdom of England. We mentioned the House of Wessex. The Normans took over in 1066. The Plantagenets had the throne in and, and starting in 1154. Then it was the House of Lancaster in 1399. The House of York in 1461. The House of Tudor in 1485. The Stuarts, as I mentioned, in 1603. The House of Hanover in 1714. Um, And then the House of Saxe, Coburg, Gotha, or the Windsors from 901 until today. And again, I believe that Charles is going to be keeping his mother's house um, for the first time just because that was something that she ultimately wanted. So real quick with the Kingdom of England, which, as I mentioned, was established in 1927. They unified with Wales in 1536. Then they unified with Scotland, forming the Kingdom of Great Britain in 1707. Then they actually joined with Ireland. Um, So the entire British Isles formed the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland in 1801. Then Ireland eventually left um, about 100 years ago. Um, So now it's the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland because the Republic of Ireland is no longer a part of the United Kingdom. So that was my brief history lesson. And feel free, as I mentioned, to yell at me on Twitter. So now going back, back before the Anglo-Saxons arrived in England. So this would be From the first century up to the early and mid fifth century, the Romans controlled England. It actually brought in a lot of revenue for their economy. So the Romans had a reason to want to have their legions there um, and, you know, make it a very prosperous uh, place. However, once there was fractures all across the empire, they needed to withdraw those legions and the Romans left. And so what happens at that point, um, you know, a few decades later, the Anglo Saxons see this land that is not defended so they come in and they do what we see all across history ambitious people will take what is theirs and they will make their own fame and make their own wealth so the sources that i'm going to be using here are primarily going to be the anglo-saxon chronicle I, i believe some of the notes i have here are going to be from a man named Bede, who was a monk who lived in the 7th and 8th century in northumbria So, once the Roman legions left in the early to mid uh, 400s, so the early 5th century, I'm going to get started with the year 449 in the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle. It mentions a character named Vortigern, who was apparently the king of the Britons, 449 CE. In their days, Hengist and Horsa, invited by Vortigern, the king of the Britons to his assistance, landed in Britain first of all, to support the Britons, but afterwards, they fought against them. At this point, the Chronicle mentions that the characters of Hengist and Horsa noted the worthlessness of the Britons and the riches, the richness of the lands, which you can assume, as I mentioned, was ripe for the taking. As a result of this, and then them telling their kin, the Angles, the Saxons, and the Jutes decided to take said lands. The story here is that he asked Hengist and Horsa for help, fighting uh, against the Picts. So he he asked Hengist and Horsa to help out. However, they realized that they could invade instead with their brethren. Then the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle says, From the Jutes are descended the men of Kent. From the old Saxons came the people of Essex, Sussex, and Wessex. From Anglia came the East Angles, the Middle Angles, the Mercians, and all those north of the Humber, which would be Northumbria. Their leaders were Hengist and Horsa, son of Witta, son of Wekta, son of Woden, the Anglo-Saxon version of the Norse god Odin. So Cherdik, obviously being a pagan, he was probably worshipping these Anglo-Saxon gods. The Anglo-Saxon gods are very similar to the Norse gods. Um, so in the Anglo-Saxon pantheon, you have Woden, who's the king of the gods, the god of wisdom, Odin. You have Tiw, which is spelled T-I-W, that's Tyr. Thunor is Thor. Um, Frigg is Frigg. And then um, they also have a god named Yingvi, or Ing, who they say, he think may have some uh, connections to the god friar. Bede also mentions that there's an Anglo-Saxon goddess named Eostora. Just a real quick note on the Anglo-Saxon chronicle. It was sanctioned by King Alfred the Great in the late 800s. Note, as he was the king of the kingdom of Wessex, and he reformed education, which a large part of it is in writing, he wanted to tell the tale of his kingdom. So a bit of what is conveyed is very Wessex-focused, which you'll see here in a second. So let's talk about Cerdic. Cerdic first shows up in the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle in the year 495. This year came two leaders into Britain, Cerdic and Sinric, his son, with five ships at a place called Cerdic's Or, And they fought with the Welsh the same day. Then He died. As we find out much later in the year of 534 CE, and his son Sinric succeeded to the government and held it for 26 winters. Then he died. After Sinric, it was his son Chaelwyn for 17 years. Then it was Chael, who was a kin of Cherdic, Chaelwulf, who is Chael's brother, Kynabils, um, who is Chael's son. He was the first West Saxon king to be baptized, Chainwal, son of Kynagils. Sech Berta, and I probably pronounced that wrong, was actually Chenwall's queen. So you actually have a queen of Wessex for one year, ex swine for two years, Kentwine for nine years, Chayadwal for three years, Ina for 37 years, Ethelherd for 16 years, Cuthred for 16 years, Sigabrit for one year, Kindwolf for 31 years, Beatrix for 16 years, Egbert for 37 years, Ethelwolf for 18 years, Ethelwolf is then king for 18 years. Um, also from the show Vikings, he's Egbert's son. Then a bunch of Ethel Wolf's sons take the throne in succession. So you have Ethelbald for five years, Ethelbert for five years, Ethelred for five years, and then Alfred, his last son, ultimately rules for 28 years. And he, um, as I mentioned in my episode on Viking Age England, he fought back against the Vikings and um, you know, was able to start or to plant the seeds of what would become uh Wessex domination over the over the country. So for 24 years. After um, Alfred died, it was his son Edward who shows up on the show The Last Kingdom. Edward's son Athelstan became the king of England, um, and he ruled for 14 years. His brother Edmund took over, ruled the kingdom of England for six years. His brother Eadred took it over for nine years. Edwy, who is the son of Edmund, um, took it over for three years. And then Edgar was the king for 16 years. Edward the Martyr reigns after that. So... That's a long list of kings that the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle decided to give for the year 495. The next uh, year that Chertick shows up is going to be 508 CE. And it says, this year Chertick in Sinric slew a British king whose name was Natanliad and 5,000 men with him. In 519, this year Chertick and Kynrick undertook the government of the West Saxons. The same year, they fought with the Britons at a place now called Charford. From that day, have reigned the children of the West Saxons kings. So the kingdom of Wessex here, per the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle, was created in 519 CE. In 527, this year, Chertic and Cynric fought with the Britons in a place that is now called Cherticlesley. This year, Chertic and Cynric took the olive white and slew many men in Carisbrook. Then, in the year 534. This year died Cherdic the first king of the West Saxons Cynric his son succeeded to the government and reigned afterwards 26 winters and they gave to their two nephews Stuf and Vidgar the whole of the Isle of Wight In the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle you see that Cherdic shows up maybe 5 or 6 times over the span of about uh, 40 years but the chronicle makes it very clear the importance of this man He's founding the kingdom of Wessex which ultimately created the kingdom of England and That kingdom has lasted until today with the current monarch, King Charles III. There's one other note that I think is very interesting here. Um, In the year 854, this is during the reign of King Athelwolf, so the father of King Alfred. It gives the lineage of King Athelwolf of Wessex in his descendant or his ancestors all the way to Adam of Adam and Eve. So, in 854. He went to Rome with great pomp and was a resident there a 12-month. Then he returned homeward, and Charles, king of the Franks, gave him his daughter, whose name was Judith, to be his queen. After this, he came to his people, and they were fain to receive him. But after about two years, his residence among the Franks, he died, and his body lies at Winchester. Then after this, so in 854, Athelwulf dies, and then it says, Athelwulf was the son of Egbert, who was the son of Ailment. Who is the son of Eopha? And so this keeps going. Who is the son of Iopa? Who is the son of Ingild? Who is the son of Ina? Who is the son of Senred? Who is the son of Chaelwald? Who is the son of Kutha, Who is the son of Cuthwin? Who is the son of Chaelwin? Who is the son of Keinric? Who is the son of Creoda? Who is the son of Cherdic? So. For some reason, the Chronicle added this character of Creota here. So Kindric may have been Churdik's grandson, not his son. Churdik was the son of Elisa, who was the son of Esla, who was the son of Gilwis, who was the son of Wig, who was the son of Freywine, who was the son of Frithugar, who was the son of Brond, who was the son of Balde, who was the son of Woden. So that shows the direct descendants from Athelwolf all the way to Odin or Woden. But it keeps going. Um after that list it goes to Frithwald, Freawine, Frithelwolf, Finn, Godwolf, Gates, Teatwa, Bo, Skeldwa, Heremod, Intermod, Hathra, Hwala, Bedvig, Skaif. Scaif is apparently the son of Noah, who is the son of Lasnek, the son of Methusalem, the son of Eno, the son of Jared, the son of Lahil, the son of Canaan, the son of Enos, the son of Seth, the son of Adam. So I found that very interesting. Not only does the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle show the lineage of the Anglo-Saxon kings and their descendancy from Odin, but you see here that having their early Anglo-Saxon kings in a time where Christianity was not widely practiced in England was not good to have them descendant of a Norse god, so ultimately it seems like what they did here was they added validity by claiming that they had their current lineage their their lineage correct all the way up to Adam. So that's just kind of a way to humanize the god odin or or Woden or the Anglo-Saxon god Woden. So I thought that was very cool there that they, not only did they have to say that Woden is descendant from Adam. And so he's a human, he's not a God. He's just a great man, but they also invented a son of Noah that does not show up in the Bible to make it work. Also um, that line that I just uh, recited from the Chronicle, it's not unlike the same line that Snorri Sturluson goes over in his prologue of the Prosetta. A lot of the names are kind of added or taken out, um, but, or they're like kind of spelled a little bit differently, but Snorri Sturluson gives the same, but as opposed to going to Noah, he goes to Thor, which is another very interesting thing. But anyway, they tried their best, the writer uh, of the Chronicle tried their best to not only claim a direct descendants from Alfred or further to the figure of Charodic, but also to Woden and then all the way down to Adam, the first man in the Bible. And in doing so, added that son of Noah, who is Skaif. Anyway, that's the episode. I know I was a little bit all over the place and I went forward and backwards in time and I gave a pretty, probably a pretty shitty lesson in English history. Um, But I I do find this character of uh, Chardick to be very fascinating. And um, I'm hoping to find some other um, mythical slash historical figures to do like one-off episodes on. But anyway, I hope you found this uh, this fascinating. Um, If you have any questions on this stuff, feel free to reach out to us on social media. And uh, thank you again in advance for listening.